Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a stroll through the enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens, adorned with lighted trees and displays on our half-mile paved trail with 500,000 sparkling lights at Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights in Vienna, Virginia. Get to Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 33. I think this is so important, especially as my students are in here tonight. This is going to be so important uh, because sometimes the simplest teachings are often the most unheeded teachings. And tonight we're going to cover something that I've talked about before, but it's so important. Say it's so important. Do you know that the most successful people are not the most talented people? They are not the most gifted people. They are not the best dressed people. They are not the most educated people. They possess something that the truth of the matter is most people don't possess, and that is the ability to self-discipline. Another word for that is order. Amen. Say order. Now look at this, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to his church. He calls them his spiritual children. Uh, he says uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he talks about uh, how he begot them in the gospel. So he calls them his children and they his, uh, and he they spirit, their spiritual father. And listen to what he says to them in verse 33. For God is not at all involved in any of your mess. Please go back to the last verse that we had on the screen. Thank you. The last verse that was on the screen. Thank you. For God is not, he, God wasn't in that. That's what just happened. He wasn't in that. God is not the author of any of your mess. He's not the reason. If you're broke, he ain't the reason. If you're lazy, he's not the reason. If you're lonely, he's not the reason. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He is not the author of any kind of confusion, but of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. All is well. God says anything that ain't well, he, ain't, he, ain't, he, didn't, he didn't start that. Anything that's lacking, he didn't order that. 
So the verse says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, or shalom would be the Hebrew word there, as in all the churches of the saints. Father, tonight, as we move into this word, a very simple word, help us, Father, to implement order in our lives. Father, we thank you that where there is order, there is the blessing. Where there is order, there is power. Where there is order, there is increase. Where there is order, there is a nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. All is well. God, help us to walk in order. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout out order. Yeah, be seated tonight. Be seated tonight. This is going to be a challenging teaching because the subject matter is uh, something that many people don't do or they think they do, but they don't. And we're going to look at several scriptures tonight, so keep your Bibles handy or use the Harvest app. You know, you can use the Harvest app, you can download it off your communique, and you can use that Harvest app, and then you can read and go through the Bible. Now, I do not want you to assume, look at your neighbor and say, do not assume that you already know what he's getting ready to say. Okay? The most difficult person to teach is somebody who thinks they know something. The most difficult form of learning is unlearning. So I do not want you at all to presume or assume that you know exactly what I'm getting ready to say. Now, uh, this is something that, as I said, I've taught on a lot. But sometimes the simplest lessons are often the most unheeded lessons. How many times um, have you had to tell somebody to do the simple thing over and over and over again? The deep, complicated stuff, they get that. But when you say, please stand over here and, and don't say nothing, they don't understand that. They over there running, they over here doing all that. So... Listen to this. I want you to listen to this. And I want you to take some good notes tonight, especially my young people. Because young people, hear me. You do not have to wait until you're 45 to talk about getting, getting, getting your life right. You don't have to wait until you're grown and you didn't have two or three bankruptcies and four or five foreclosures and all that before you're talking about having a great life. No, I'm here to tell you you can be in 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th grade and you can still develop a life of order so that you don't make the same mistakes of the generations before you. Can I tell you there is nothing exciting about having a life where you don't want to live it. But people only have lives that they don't want to live when disorder is prevailing in their lives. I wish I had somebody in there tonight. Just your neighbor say, disorder, touch them, tell you, disorder cannot be in my life no more. Uh, no, now, I know that's country right there, mo. Uh, uh, that's just southern vernacular uh, for more, all right? All right, now, 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 look at your neighbor. Just check their face out because if they got stank face, you need to swap seats. If they got stink face, you need to swap seats with them because they ain't going nowhere fast. Watch this. Watch this. Hear, hear me. Your life is perfectly designed to give you the results that you're getting. It's perfectly designed to get you what you're getting. So if you do, and you've heard me say that a lot lately. So if you don't like what you're getting, then we have to change what we are doing. Life does not get better by chance. It gets better on purpose, by design. You're not just going to wake up one day and your bills are gone. You're not just going to wake up one day and your kids are right. You're not just going to wake up one day and your marriage repaired. You're not just going to wake up one day and have a bunch of money in the bank. It doesn't work that way. I know the movies want us to think that that's the way it works. And I know the reality shows want us to think that if you just marry the right person who's got a lot of money, then everything's going to be fine. But have you seen how crazy those chicks are? <laughs> crazy. In the country, we call them crazy as a Betsy bug. They just... Gone. Nobody's home. Lights are on, though. Are you here? Now, now, uh, if there's lack or mess of any kind in your life, there's a reason for that. And it's normally not Satan. If there's lack 
or any mess of any kind in your life, there's a reason for that, and it's normally not Satan. The scripture says in Proverbs that there is not a curse or an empowerment to fail without a cause. So life is in cause and effect. So if I want better effects, I have to change the cause. Now, here's what a lot of Christians do. Here's what a lot of Christians do. If you're not a Christian, we're going to believe before this experience is over that you're going to come one. Here's what a lot of people do. They just kind of wake up and say, Lord, I just give you my life. Lord, just do what you want to do. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I surrender. Great. Now, you know what he's going to do? He's going to empower you to make changes. Did you hear that? Don't expect him to do your work. God, I wish I had somebody in here. Don't expect him to do your work. Expect him to empower you so you can do your work. Are you hear what I'm saying? What a lot of people want is just, Lord, I gave it to the Lord. But that don't mean that, don't mean that you can't do what you, what you can do. Well, I gave it to the Lord. Well, how about you stop spending it so you won't have to give it to the Lord next month? All right, y'all, y'all ain't got to say nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm cool. Now, watch this. God is a God of order. Say order. You remember in Genesis uh, where it said, let there be light. And a lot of times people imagine, uh, and if you've seen any kind of depictions or demonstrative uh, uh, demonstrations uh, of, of uh, what happened in Genesis, all of a sudden the lights come on. That's not what happened. God said, let there be light. And the Bible says, and there was light. And the Lord looked at the light and saw the light was good. He wasn't talking about the sun, the moon, the stars, so on and so forth. He was talking about let there be order. Because, Bishop, how do you know that? Because later on in Genesis chapter 1, you find out then he created the sun and the moon and the stars. So he couldn't have been talking about that at that time. Literally what God was saying is, let there be me. Because wherever God is, there must first be order. God doesn't show up anywhere where there's not order. And can I just help somebody? If you've been saying, God, I've been fasting, I've been praying, I've been going through this, I've been listening to the ghost series, I've been listening, but nothing's happening in my life. Can I submit to you that maybe it might be because God won't come to a messy house? Bishop, what do you mean? God cannot come into something where there's disorder now you don't have to like it but it's right I hate Robitussin I hate it it tastes horrible my god but it sure worked (laughs) even the new flavors they got taste bad how you make cherry flavored stuff taste bad okay so here's what God does God steps into create cosmos. He turns on the light. There's disorder in Genesis. And just for, for, for those of you that are perhaps a little bit more theologically erudite, let me go ahead and drop a little revelation on you. Uh, what, says, what, what took place is that we understand from Revelation chapter 12, we understand that Satan had been cast to the earth, him and one-third of the angels. So when God speaks in Genesis, it's not that there's nobody here. It's that Satan is having free reign and rule, and that's why darkness is covering the face of the earth. Why? Because where there is the enemy there is darkness there is confusion there is chaos there is mess so when God steps on the scene God says "Uh uh-uh I'm sick of this turn the lights on he did the anti of Teddy P y'all know Teddy P Teddy P said turn them off God said turn them on are you hearing what I'm saying now now say God is a God of order say it again God is God of order now watch this order is, is is important in your everyday life could you imagine life without stoplights now, I know some of y'all drive like they're not there anyhow. Could you imagine life, though, if they weren't there? Uh, could you imagine, watch this, eating food out of somebody's house and they didn't clean the kitchen first? Y'all not saying nothing. 
Amen. That's why we started the bistro and curtail the out uh, the, the potlucks. Amen. Amen. I'm just, I'm, I'm just joking. 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 That's why we started the bistro. But I'm just joking. Amen. Could, could you imagine? Could you imagine going over somebody's house? They knew you were coming for two weeks, and you get there and their house is dirty. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Watch the mess. Excuse me. Excuse the mess. Excuse me. Ooh, I just been so bad. You knew for two weeks. We Facebooked two weeks ago saying I was going to come. <laughs> could, could you imagine, could you imagine getting to somebody's car? They knew you were getting in it, but they just decided that it wasn't important enough to clean it first. And so you getting in the car, they got pantyhose, <laughs> lipstick. Oh, ladies, don't look, y'all know how y'all do, ladies. All kind of stuff. You got a full bedroom in your car. You got outfits for weeks sitting here just in case you hit a blizzard, I suppose. That's why you got that. You got McDonald's cup from 84. I mean, you got. And now here's the deal. If you didn't know, watch this, I'm trying because I'm trying to make a point. If you didn't expect someone to get in your car, then even though it's not acceptable to have a dirty, messed up car, if a man. Because y'all look to me kind of crazy right there. If you didn't know, you have a reason even though it's not very valid, you do have a reason. Let's not call it a reason. You have an excuse for why you didn't clean it. But if you were expecting someone to get in your car, it is incumbent upon you to make the necessary preparations for that person to get in there. Bishop, what are you trying to say? You expect God to move in your life. But why haven't you made the appropriate preparations? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor, but say, watch me make them tonight. Watch me make them tonight. Give me a little monitor, please. Watch this. Uh, uh, could you imagine, watch this, uh, not having money in the bank before you use the card? Now, I know some of you can't imagine it because you've made a habit of what they call floating. Well, if, I, if they only going to authorize it on Wednesday and they, gonna run, they ain't going to make it final until Friday, my direct deposit should hit at about 7 that morning. So. Now listen, now listen, listen, I want you to hear me. I, I'm not, I don't use those examples to make you feel bad or do anything like that because here's the truth. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And sometimes you have to do what you have to until you can do what you want to. But, 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 the, but the point is, but the point is, watch this, the point is, it, it, is that you don't want to make that a practice of your life. How long, how, how long do you want there to be chaos and disorder and mess in your life? How long do you want that? And you know what I found out is sometimes the people with the most jacked up lives have the most pride about their jacked up life. And you try to tell them, hey, something's wrong. Look at this. Look at this. And they look at you crazy like, no, ain't nothing wrong. And then, then you just say, well, look at your fruit. What do you have to show? And I'm not just talking about material things. You're Looney Tunes. It's quiet in the church. Say God is a God of order. Now, there's five definitions, five definitions we're going to look at. <clears throat> Hopefully, I can get to them all tonight uh, that we're going to talk about order. Hear me, Harvest. Why would I share a teaching like this? I share a teaching like this because I need you to understand my heart is your pastor. It is my number one desire, goal, mission, passion, whatever you want to call it, to see you succeed in life. 
which means not only do I want you to know the Bible, but I want you to know the, how to use the Bible in your everyday life. N not, not only do I want you to have a great relationship with God, I want you to have a great relationship, parents, with your kids. Not only, y'all not saying nothing. I, I want you to succeed in every, every life. That's God's desire for you. Beloved, I pray above all things, 3 John 1, 2, that ye prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It's God's desire for you to do well in life. And as your pastor, it's my desire for you to do well in life. So when I bring a teaching like what, I'm going, what we're going into now where it's a bit challenging, do not look at the challenge as something to beat you down. Look at the challenge as something to give you the motivation to move higher. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, God, God does not condemn us. He convicts us. What's the difference? Conviction says, man, I created you to live so much better than what you're living. You're living too low. Come up here. Condemnation says you need to go down there. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So don't you ever let Satan get in your mind and start telling you, oh, I'm getting beat down. No, you're not. I'm here to build you up so that you can be. How did the army used to say All that you can be. Just your neighbor say, I'm going to be all that I can be. Okay. So when we look at challenging teachings, and I say challenging because a lot of people already think they're in order. <laughs> and then some people think that they're, you know, the, you know, the ones that think that they're in order. When you tell them that, no, you're not quite in order, you know, they'll, they'll swear by their order. Key word, their order. The metric from which you build your life is not you. It's the word. The metric, the measuring system. It's not efficient for you to measure yourself against your crazy cousin. They're crazy. So you don't say, well, at least I'm not like that. That's the measuring stick? No, 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 no. We measure it to the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, so we're going to look at five definitions. Let's get through this. First definition, I'm going to go through them real fast. So for my note takers, you just got to get the CD, okay, because I'm going to go through them real fast because they're the lengthy definitions. They're literally what Webster or, or dictionary somebody says about them. Here it is. Uh, an, uh, the first definition, an authoritative direction or instruction. Here's the simple version, a command or a mandate. Now, we just exited the ghost series. Did you enjoy that series or what? Watch this. But now, God would not release the gift of the Holy Spirit to his people corporately until there was order. Let me ask you this. What in your life hasn't God, God breathed on because there's no order? So let's look at this. Go to Acts chapter 1. I want us to just walk through this real quick. I want you to see that God wouldn't even release the, the ghost that gives us. Come, oh, God, Jesus Christ power or what's the Greek word? He wouldn't even release the ghost until there was order. You follow? Now we're going to look at it. I want you to see this. Acts uh, chapter 1, go to verse 4. <clears throat> and we're going to kind of skip around because uh, it's a bit lengthy, but I want to get to the point. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. So Jesus gives them a what? Order. Now, if they follow the order, they'll reap the benefit. If they don't follow the order, they will not reap the benefit. Got it? He commanded them. He said, don't you leave Jerusalem or the city of peace, but wait here for the promise of the Father, which you said you have heard from me. So he says, if you do what I tell you, I'm going to give you something. That has been the way human beings have operated since day one. You do what I say, you get this. You don't do what I say, you get this. Parents, it's the same way you raise your kids. You do what I say, we go on to Disney World. 
I said, I didn't say Waterworld because we don't have no Disney World. We're going to Waterworld. You don't do what I say, we ain't going nowhere. You do what I say, you can get three things when we go to Walmart. <laughs> you know how some of y'all do? You don't do what I say, you ain't getting nothing. And some of y'all know how you'll tell them, don't ask for nothing, don't look at nothing, don't walk around nothing, and you better not disappear over there into the toy section. Stay over here. <laughs> verse 8, you know this verse, say it with me. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth, in your city, in your region, in your country, and to the all of the earth. Now watch this. He says, but you got to do what I say first to get my power. He said, I'm not going to put my super on your natural mess. I'm not putting my super on your natural disorder. I'm not putting my super on your natural gossip. I'm not putting, oh, y'all ain't got nothing to say. I'm not putting my super. Okay, so now look, look, then, then go to verse 14. These all continued with one accord. Same chapter, verse 14. These all continue with one accord. In prayer and supplication with the women and the mo- uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Now, now look at that. Look, look, look at that. He says they all continue with one accord. Continued. Well, what are they continuing with? What they were told to do. Now, I taught not too long ago a t- teaching, do what you're told. You'd be surprised how difficult it is for folk to do that. But then I look at their lives and I say, well, no wonder. No, don't look at me like that. Say amen. Well, I get gangster. Now, let me translate because I know some of you. Oh, my God, honey, what is he saying? I'm just saying I'm going to get very emphatic in expostulating my point. Verse 14, they continue with one accord, order, with prayer and supplication. We talked about those things in the prayer series. Verse 15, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of disciples, although the number of names was about 120, and said, verse 16, men and brethren, uh, this, that's powerful right there. I could, I could spend the, the last 20 minutes I got right here. He said, men and brethren. Notice he didn't consider everybody that was up there his brother. But I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. See, see there's some folk that you said, well, that's my family. That don't mean nothing. And we ain't headed the same direction. All we are is related. Bishop, give me some scripture. In Genesis, in Genesis, you find that God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, get away from your family, get away from your country. He said, they're crazy and they're going to mess you up. The trip was is his father was already dead. But God said, get away from the spirit of that house because it's the spirit of your bloodline that's got you jacked up. And he said, I'm getting ready to do something new in you, Abraham, but the only way I can do it in you is if you break away from them. So you're going to have to learn how to get free from them so I can do something great for you. Because as long as you're around them, they're going to hold you back and pull you back. And And in Genesis chapter 13, you know what Abraham ends up doing? Abraham's end up deciding to himself. He says, well, I'm going to bring Lot with me. Lot was his nephew. He said, I'm going to bring Lot with me and we're going to go because that's my family. That's my blood. Blood is thicker than water. That ain't in the book. Now, I'm not saying treat people bad. I'm just saying don't be saying stuff in the Bible that's not in the Bible. And you know what happens in Genesis 13? God never spoke again to Abraham until Lot was kicked out. You know why? Because the name Lot in Hebrew means hidden motives. 
That's why when Peter stood up, Peter said, I didn't know some of y'all got some bad motives. So he said, I'm going to just start out telling you, I know all of y'all ain't my brothers. All right. Don't have time to go there. Okay, here we go. Here we go. He said, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas, I'm in verse 16, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. He's talking about Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12 of the original ruling apostles. Got it? Verse 17, or verse 18, rather. Now, this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity. Uh, oh, God, I could spend time there. Because iniquity is generational curses, which means Judas' family had a history of betraying people. That, 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 listen, when people do you crazy, you wasn't their first victim. You wasn't the first one they did that to. Their bloodline has been doing that year after year after year after year. Just look at the tree. You'll figure out why the apple is the way it is. Oh, y'all ain't got nothing to say. Uh, okay, let's move on. Let's move on because that's not what the teaching is. We're talking about order, but watch this. And falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his entrails gushed out. A fitting way to die for the man who betrayed Jesus. Mm. Verse 19, and it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem. So that field is called in their own language, a keldama, that is field of blood. So in that a trip, he was trying to keep his betrayal of Jesus secret. But, but the Lord made sure that he exposed how he died to the whole city. You better be careful the traps you try to dig for people and, the, and, and, and the, you better be careful of, of, the, of the things you try to set folk up with. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 20, I'm preaching. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm preaching. For it is written, verse 20, in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate, no, let no one live in it, and let another man take his office. The office, the word office there is the, the English word bishopric. Let another one take his seat of a bishop, because as the ruling apostles, they were, they were like the bishops. So, verse 21, therefore, of these men who accompanied us uh, all the time that um, the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, that is, that he was taken from us, one of these must be a witness with his resurrection. So, they're giving the conditions for them to name a new ruling apostle, okay? And verse 23, and they proposed to Joseph called Barsabbas, who was uh, surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, oh, Lord, you know the hearts of all. Show which of the two of these you have chosen to take part in this ministry of, and apostleship from which Judas, by his willful devi deviation from what he knew to be correct, that's what transgression means, that he might go to his own place. Verse 26, and they cast their lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered among the eleven. Now, you said, Bishop, what's the significance of this? Why are you spending all this time to talk about order? When Judas uh, ended up making a mockery of his life, there was 12. 12 means the government or foundation of God. Judas dies. Got it? There's not 12. There's now how many? Come on, math students. Okay, now you didn't even have to get past kindergarten to figure that one out. Here's the problem with 11. 11 means disorder. <laughs> I'm going to show you something real, real, real quick here. This is good. So, so, so there's, there's 12, okay? Now, they're waiting on the ghost to come, right? Jesus told them, wait, and the ghost is coming. Got it? But Peter gets up and says, wait a minute. We're out of order. 
It's best better when you recognize you out of order and fix it yourself rather than God have to come tell you you out of order. Touch your neighbor and say, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Aren't you glad that God gives you the ability to self-discipline and say, wait a minute, I see this is out of order, and God, I need your grace, and God, I need your mercy to get this in order. Peter stands up and says, ain't nothing going to happen because we out of order. He said, 11 is disorder. So what did they say? We need another man to take this man's place so that we restore the foundation. You still here? That's why for some of y'all, last year, you had to go through some of the things you went through and you felt like God was breaking you. I got an announcement. He was. And if you don't get an order, he's going to continue to do so. Oh, you ain't got nothing to say? All right. All right. Breaking me. Why, Bishop? Why would the Lord break me? He, he, because he says, listen, listen, we can do this one or two ways. Yeah, I remember the movie uh, Blue Streak. I think it was a movie with, uh, with Martin. I remember Martin had got out of, uh, had, he'd gotten out of jail and he had faked to be a policeman. That was Blue Streak, right? Okay, I know I'm right about it now. And so he's faking to be a policeman. And remember, he, he, I don't know who the character he played, Dave Chappelle. Remember, he saw Dave Chappelle and he walked up and he was like, what's his name? He called his name. He was like, huh? Miles, Miles. You know how Dave Chappelle, Miles. You know how he had. And so, and so, and so he, and then Martin walked up on him. He's like, man, what you doing? And why are we whispering and all this kind of stuff? And then Martin said, now, 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 this is going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> There's one or two ways that things, that things are going to move the direction they need to in your life. One or two ways. There's only one or two. Voluntarily or involuntarily. So either you voluntarily say, Lord, help me get order in my life, or you, or, or you in, involuntarily, and so what God then has to do is say, okay, fine. Boop. <laughs> and then you'll be like, Lord, I'm okay. I made it through that one. Then he'll break the other one, and now you. But aren't you glad that even when he does that, he does it with love? Aren't you glad that even when he does it, he does it with mercy? Even when he does it, he does it with grace. Can we just take 15 seconds? Remember they used to say, they used to say, when I think about the goodness of Jesus, God, I wish I had some folks that love God. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's brought me through. My all right. All right. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 26, the lot was, uh, and they cast the lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So now we've gone from disorder, 11, to now order, 12. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Watch it. Here it is. It's coming. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were still in order. In one place, next verse, and suddenly... Okay. Maybe y'all don't speak the king's English. <laughs> and what? Suddenly. See, I'm trying to help some of y'all understand. It ain't going to take God 10 years. It ain't going to take God 20 years. If you get in order, you're going to have a... Oh, God, I wish I had somebody in this church tonight. Somebody shout, Suddenly. Order produces suddenly. 
There's some stuff, oh, it's going to take three years. No, it won't. If you'll get in order, you'll have a suddenly. Oh, it's going to take five years. No, it won't. If you'll get in order, God can do anything, any way he wants to do it. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the entire house that they were sitting in. Why? Because they followed the definition, his command, his mandate. They did what he said to do, and then he breathed on them. And then he breathed on them. What is it you need God to breathe on in your life? Can I tell you that maybe if you just, maybe, I don't know, just a little conjecture. Maybe if you just get in order. Listen, they tell me it's going to be 15 years to pay this bill off. It don't take God that long. It don't take him that long to do nothing. Oh, they tell me it's going to take five years for my, for my whole healing process. It don't take God that long. Don't take him that long. Tell somebody said, don't take God that long. No, if you get in order and suddenly, I think there's going to be some praise reports from the people hearing this word where it's going to be some suddenness happen in your life. Next definition. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. I got eight minutes. And I was preaching minutes, which means you multiply it by two, carry it to five or whatever. <laughs> I'm just joking, there's no five there. There's no five there. So definition, the second definition. Listen to this. Remember, I'm going to give it, it's real long, um, and then I'll, at the end I'll make it uh, real simple. Conformity or obedience to law or established authority. Absence of disturbance, riot, revolt, or unruliness. So here's the second definition. Let me give it to you in layman's term. Doing what you're told gladly. Got real quiet right there. Because in America, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't believe that here. In America, I don't want to do that. Maybe there's a reason you got the trouble you got. Maybe it ain't the devil. You mean the devil been doing that to you for the last 20 years? That's been him doing all that for the last 20 years. None of that was you? Touch your neighbor and ask him, say, none of that was you? None of that was you. Oh, I know it was your mama. That's who did it. It was your mama. Oh, it was your daddy because he, he wasn't there, right? It's his fault. No, oh, it's your grandmama. It's her fault because, you know, when your mama would drop her off because your mama had one of them baby boy mamas got to have a life too and all that, and you, you drop you off at your grandmama. She didn't read the Bible to you. So it's her fault. Oh, I know it's your boss's fault. It's your boss's fault because they don't understand because you got a family. None of that was you. Go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Remember the heart behind the lesson, the heart behind the message, the heart behind the teaching. The heart behind it is seeing you do well. And it's just God's order. God's order. God says he is not the author of anything that's a mess. Okay, now New King James, let's read it together, church. One, two, ready, read. Do... Stop. How many things? All. Say it again. All. Say it again. All. Say it again. All, All things. <laughs> he did not say do the things that you want to do. 
What did he say to do? All of them. Without complaining. And disputing. Let me say what disputing means, because some of y'all are expert disputers. Well, I just think, listen, baby, when they ask you what you think, that's when you tell them what you think. Until then, they ain't interested. Now, I know you want to hear that. That's fine. Hey, 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 check the record. That's all I'm saying. Check your fruit. That's all I'm saying. Do everything without complaining and stop disputing. If your supervisor comes to you and says, you know what, you weren't nice on that call. Well, I think I was nice. No wonder they won't promote you. Well, they don't promote because they're they, they the devil. No, you better read that Bible. The Bible says promotion comes from him. So if he won't let them promote you and he won't cause them to promote you, it's because he don't want to promote you. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said? If you can't get promoted, it's because he don't want you to get promoted. People just don't recognize my gift. You ain't got no gift worth recognizing because you're a complainer and a disputer. I told you it was going to be challenging at the beginning. Let's just lock that door. Anybody in, nobody out. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? You just don't complain. You told us, stand over here. Your boss says, stand over here. My feet hurt. See? They didn't ask you that. They didn't ask you that. Well, if I had known, I could have been prepared. Well, they didn't want you to know. Stand. After having done all things to do, stand therefore. You like to quote the Bible, quote that. It's quiet in this church. I know they shout no line. I can see the shouts. I feel the shouts. We're going to get a reverse camera so I can see people in their houses while they're watching. And I'll put them up on the screen sitting back here so I can see the folks shouting. Let's go to one more scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4. Y'all all right? God is a God of order. Order causes suddenly. <laughs> suddenly. Causes suddenly to happen. Somebody said, Bishop, what's a suddenly? A suddenly is what you couldn't figure out how to do in the time you needed to get it done, but God somehow figures out to make somebody to do it for you. <laughs> you couldn't get an approval to save your life, but God will suddenly change. He'll make them change the rules on the day you apply. He'll work us suddenly. Got it? First Peter chapter number 4, verse number 9. Practice hospitality to one another. And actually, I'm, uh, I'm reading the uh, Amplified. So let's start with New King James, then I'll read Amplified. Be hospitable to none of one another. <laughs> <laughs> be hospitable to one another without grumbling. You know what that means? Pretty much. Hospitable. Hospitality. Anybody ever been to a five-star hotel? I mean, five, no, no, okay, five-star. I think there's only maybe two in this entire region. So you're about, no, I went down to the Hilton Garden, baby. That ain't five-star. It's nice, but that ain't five-star. Okay. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Let me ask you like this. You ever been to a restaurant where you look at the price of the food and you compare that to the size of the portion and your mind can't figure it out? You ever been there? 
Now, a lot of times, just so you get the point, a lot of times they'll call those five-star restaurants. Where it's just fine dining. And I guess it's fine dining because the plate where there's no food is real clean. <laughs> so, see, some people are real highfalutin and got to have, listen, man, give me some meat and some potatoes. Just a few days. Come on, Gordon. Give me some. <laughs> All that highfalutin stuff, you can go on. Cost you $50 to get what I got for $13.99. I mean, what you saying? <laughs> Who's smarter now? I mean, what you saying? Because <laughs> I can still go out and go to the movie, go to the show. I got some money left. All right. Now, <laughs> here's the point I'm making. Have you ever noticed the quality of service is different than at Gunther Tootie's? Now, nothing against Gunther Tootie's. I'm just using that to paint a picture in your mind so you have two things to juxtapose. Have you ever noticed that the quality of service at a high-end restaurant or a high-end hotel or high-end establishment is totally different than the quality of service that you receive in a low-end place? Okay. Now, because the service is better, you're also going to pay a premium for that as well. But their job is to ensure that you have a great experience. Hospitality. The scripture says, give everybody you come in contact with a great experience with you. Don't let people walk away from having an experience with you saying, mm. you meet people like that? Yes. If you sit next to somebody like that, just wink at me and I know. <laughs> okay. Treat every, give everybody a great experience when they come, come, come in contact with you. And then what does he say? He says, and don't grumble. What does that mean? Have a good experience and let's not find something to complain about. Misery loves company. And, and here's what the scripture says. We're going to look at a very powerful scripture in just a moment because the Bible teaches about what you should do with people that you find like this. It teaches what the church should do to people like this, and then it teaches what you should do as an individual to people like this. When you find grumblers and complainers, but, well, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there in, in that scripture in just a moment. Actually, it's, it's the next point. Okay. Now look at your neighbor and say, give me a good experience with you. And then look at the other one and say, I apologize. If I have ever been, been stank with you. <laughs> Amen. All right, next definition. Y'all all right? <clears throat> Here we go. A condition in which each thing is properly disposed with reference to other things and to its purpose. Layman's terms, harmonious arrangement. See, everybody is not singing the same note, but everybody has to sing at the same time. That's harmony. In gospel music, we call it a three-part harmony, sopranos, altos, tenor. Now, they are not singing the same note, but they are singing together. And as they sing together, you create what's called harmony. Now, when you add in instruments, then you have instruments and voices. Then we get the Greek word symphoneo, where we get the word symphony where it is a sounding together. It means that we all play different parts, but we play the parts for the collective good. Which means I don't need you to be like you, and I don't need you to be like you, and I don't need you to be like me, and I don't need you to be like me, but we're doing to something together for the collective good. Symphony. Got it? Okay. Romans 16, verse 17. Harmonious arrangement. There's going to be things that you find, and, and this is, this is, uh, the writer of Romans, this is his, his lesson for the church. And he says, this is what I want you all to do uh, as it relates to the church. Verse uh, 17, here's what it says. Now, I urge you, brethren, note those. One version says, mark them who cause division and offense 
So let me just say this. If anybody at Harvest gets with you and starts talking about another harvester, this is them. You hear me online? I'm a preacher. The Bible says, note them, mark them. Paul used to tell the church, he said, stand them up. Now, don't look at me like that because I got a history of standing folk up. I ain't one of them preachers. You ain't going to punk me. You can't buy me. You can't punk me. You can't. No, I'm not for sale, baby. We will accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. And I don't care. Listen, if you're with me, let's go. I learned a long time to go with the goers, which means if you're going with me, let's go. If you ain't going, bye. I got a gift. I got a gift that we're going to talk about in the spiritual gift series that's coming up. You excited about that series? I have a gift. It's called a gift of kicking to the curb. That's the Greek word. Kick them to the curb. It's a Greek word. That's a Greek word. Kick them to the curb. It's a Greek word. It's a Greek word. Real fast. Greek word. Kick them to the curb. You got to learn, how, and we're going to get to that in a moment. You, you got to learn when it's time for people to say, you know what? It's time for you to exit. Your show's over. Boop. It's the gift. Now somebody said, Bishop, ain't no curb. Build them a curb and kick them to it. Quiet in the church. Bible says, I urge you, brethren, note those who are causing division and offense, which means if you got a problem with somebody and then you go talk to somebody else about your problem with somebody and you cause them to be offended with somebody that they didn't, weren't offended by, this is, this is talking about you. So when you come, well, I wouldn't say nothing to her because last week she didn't say nothing to me. Listen, this, the Bible's talking about you. You are out of order. You have to like it. In fact, you probably don't like it if you're out of order, and that's why your life looks the way it does. Say amen. amen. Contrary to the doctrine which you learn. So then he's saying, listen, if, if, if he says all of that is contrary to what you're taught, doctrine, teaching. He says, contrary to the doctrine you've learned, and then what does the last part say? Say it with me. And avoid them. I was say, stay away from them because they're poison. Poison. <laughs> you got people like that on your job. Every time you they walk by your cubicle, you know what they're walking up there with. Well, did you get the email? I did. And you know what? I like my job because I know this ain't my source. This is my resource. Now, I know you think this is as high as you're going because you ain't got a vision for your life. But, baby, I got a vision for my life. And God is... Not so, I don't want to hear what you got to say about the email. I did get it. Now, go have, it, have your seat. You need to be like them. Y'all remember, anybody grew up in a traditional church, kind of a traditional church? Okay, amen, a couple of you. Traditional kind of church, but the ushers, they would have on the white gloves. Now, I ain't got nothing against the white gloves. Occasionally, I have our welcome team to pull out the white gloves here and there. I ain't got nothing against the white gloves. But, but watch this. Y'all remember how them ushers, they were just the mean, they were meaner than Satan. <laughs> just evil. Without a cause. Everybody stand up. I went to church one time. This was years ago. This was years ago. I went to pastor. This was a long time ago. I was in ministry, but I went to pastor at the time. And I went to church, and it was some kind of musical celebration or something. And I think I've told this story before. And, uh, and uh, the, the way they did it is that they didn't pass the buckets and stuff. They made everybody stand up and walk around to the front, which, which, you know, which, you know, that's the way they did it. That's fine. And when in Rome, do as Romans do. So that's fine. I had no problem with that. But then the usher, apparently she didn't eat her Wheaties for that day. 
and, and apparently she didn't have no kind of training to teach her that she was out of order. So that's what she did. She said, everybody in this section, stand up. I said, well, I ain't giving you a dime talking to me like that. This ain't my church. No, I was coming to support. Walk over there. I said, oh, no, you ain't getting a dime from me. You ain't I like, because it was a musical thing. So I was like, I, I'll pay y'all after. I'm going to give y'all a little something after. I'm going to get an offering for you after. I ain't putting it in here because she ain't going to talk to me like that. Point, Bishop. point is, Bible says when you find people that cause division and want you to be offended at somebody that they're offended at. And see, the problem with that is you can't trust that what they're saying is the truth. Because people that cause division are normally liars, too. And they're lying anybody. They're lying God. God told me you a lie. <laughs> you a lie? God ain't spoke to you since 78. Quit that lying. Your lying self, just a lie. How you know he didn't speak to me? Because you're out of order. <laughs> you don't speak to disorder. Okay, I can see that y'all getting a little. Next definition. Y'all ready? We just got two more. Y'all help me preach them? All right, here we go. Next one. The disposition of things following one after another as in space or time. Layman's terms, succession or sequence. Succession or sequence. That's order. One, two, Okay, that's sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. That's a sequence. A sequence. A sequence. Succession. Okay, now, th- that's order. Say that's order. Okay, now, watch this. To have the order of God in your life, you must realize the difference between periods, commas, and semicolons. And every sequence, there must be some type of punctuation to be divisive in the previous sequence. One, comma, two. Why do I need the comma? Because one and two are 12. Okay? Do you understand? Without the comma, there is no order. So, so then you were telling somebody, go one, then go two, but they read it and went 12. Because there's no sequence. There's no order. So say, I must understand... The difference between periods, commas, and semicolons. Okay, so let me do this, because these are things you've got to put in your life. There's stuff in your life that require these punctuations to be used in your life. A comma. A comma means a continuation, a list, or a parenthetical phrase. A parenthetical phrase would work like this. Uh, I'm just going to use a random name. Sheila, who works at Toys R Us, is a great mom. Everything after, after Sheila, there's a comma, uh, who works at Toys R Us. After us, there's a comma. That's a parenthetical phrase. Bishop, what do you mean by that? I can pull that phrase out and the sentence still makes sense. Sheila is a great mom. Come on now, y'all remember this from English class? Sheila, who works at Toys R Us, is a great mom. I can pull out who works at Toys R Us and I've still got a sentence that makes sense. There are certain situations and people in your life that are a parenthetical phrase. Are you still here? It means a continuation, a list. This is the other meaning. It's a continuation or a list, which means uh, you may have had failure, comma, but I shall rise again. 
Every time something bad happens does not mean that it is a period in your life. Sometimes it's a comma, and you got to learn how to put that little sh on the bottom of the thing. So you may have had to have a bad financial year, comma, but watch me have a great one this year. You maybe had a bad relationship, comma, but watch me we back, back, bounce back from that thing. But then the next kind of punctuation is a period. This is the end of a sentence. The worst thing is a run-on sentence. Sheila, who works at Toys R Us, who also attends church with me, who also really loves the Lord, who also prays in the Holy Ghost, who also knows uh, how to play Sudoku, who also, <laughs> who also enjoys playing the Xbox on the weekend, who really is a nice person. Run-on sentence is the worst thing in the world. Because watch this, there is no ending. There are certain things in your life that for there to be order in your life, you're going to have to put a period on it. There's certain sentences in your life that are going to have to be a period. Me and so-and-so were friends. Period. <laughs> no comma there. <laughs> period. I used to be out of order. Period. You don't want a comma there. Unless the next word is but. <laughs> period. For there to be order, some things have to have a period. And then the next, the next kind of punctuation is the semicolon. Okay? Now, the semicolon is a semicolon because it's not a full colon. A colon is two periods stacked on top of one another. A semicolon is a period and then a comma at the bottom of it. See, hence the term semicolon. Now, it is the most misused punctuation uh, in the English language and watch this in life. Let me explain it to you. Y'all still with me? We're almost done. We only got one more. We're going to shout real good. Amen. Watch this. Uh, a semicolon, by definition, separates two interdependent clauses or a conjunctive adverb. Now, I'm going to make all this real simple because some of y'all just, just totally checked out right there. You're like, okay, going to Jamba Juice after church. I don't know what Bishop was talking about. All right, watch this. Watch this. For example, in a sentence, uh, a, a, a conjunctive, conjunctive, conjunctive adverb is, it would be the word however. So, um, God put so-and-so in my life. We were very great friends. However, thus and so. Semicolon, however, comma, rest your sentence. Now, Bishop, what, 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 is, what is the point with the semicolon? Because there's certain things you want to put a period on that the problem with you trying to put a period on is they're interdependent. One cannot stand on its own without the other. Oh, God, I wish I had somebody in here. They, they cannot stand without the other because they are interdependent. So if you kill one, then you automatically damage the other because they are interdependent. Mister, what do you mean? There's some bridges in your life you better be careful about burning. If there's a bridge you don't want to burn in your life, it's the bridge with your man of God. That's a bridge you don't want to burn. If there's a bridge you don't want to burn in your life, that's your bridge with God. That's a bridge you don't want to burn. Interdependent. 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 Be careful when people are patient with you and people are kind and compassionate to you. And then you just run over that with your Hummer, getting 10 miles to the gallon, <laughs> gas waster, 
You should tax you more for that. You <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. When you find people that love you enough to tell you the truth about yourself, better be careful before you burn that bridge. When you find somebody that's patient with you and merciful to you and kind to you, better be careful. Because the bridge you burn oftentimes is the bridge you need to cross back over. Bishop, give me some scripture. Oh, baby, I got lots. I got a bazooka full. But I won't put it all on you. I'll just give you one simple scripture. Moses. There were three leaders, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And uh, they were deacons in the church of the Israelites. And uh, they said to themselves, well, why does Moses act like a prince over us? Prince later on would translate to the word bishop. Why does he act like a prince over us? Are we not all holy? Let me translate modern day vernacular. He put on his pants the same way I put on mine. They said, aren't we all holy? Are we not all holy of the Lord? They said to Moses, you take too much upon yourself, for all of us are holy. <laughs> and Moses, Moses normally was a jellyback punk. That's just the truth. No, I appreciate Moses. I thank God for Moses. I'm just telling you how he acted. Okay? But there's reasons he did that. But normally Moses would be like, oh, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Oh, Lord, please, they didn't mean to say it. Forgive them. This time, Moses got teed off. <laughs> Moses like, what? No, nah, no. Nah. And I think he might have been fasting too. <laughs> he was probably on a full fast that day. <laughs> He's probably on a full fast that day. Y'all know how y'all, anybody, if you've ever done a full fast, you know how y'all those first full few days of the full fast. I think Moses was on the end of a third day on a full fast. And he had a lot of work at the office that day. He had a lot of work to do. He had a lot of work going on. And people kept calling. Moses would be like, didn't I tell you what to do? Man, stop calling me. And then his staff and secretary and them was calling. He was like, look, if you call me one more time, I told you to tell Gertrude and them to go and sit over there. I don't know why you keep calling me. Get Ishmael to do it. I don't want to be bothered with that. Call Isaac them. Where Josh at? He ain't never here when I need him. I always talking about he going to lunch. How many lunches you going to take? Bring it. <laughs> he was upset this day. And he, Moses responds to him and he says, you know what? You take too much upon yourself. He said, I had enough of y'all. This is right around Numbers chapter 17, right around there. And we're just going to jaywalk through the scriptures right quick. This was right around there. And Moses said, he said, I had enough of y'all. He says, I tell you what, tomorrow we're going to find out who's God's. He said, because I'm sick of y'all. He said, you're supposed to be leaders, and I can't even get you to do what I tell you to do, yet you want to get up to preach, yet you want to go minister to folk. You ain't got nothing to minister to people because you can't do what I say. So you know what Moses said? Moses said, I tell you what, tomorrow it's going down. Meet me at the church. It's going down. He said, he said, he said meet me. He said, because tomorrow, ooh, baby, it's going down. He said, tomorrow, we're going to see who's God's. So he sets the stage, and then they come out the next day. And they were bold, too. They were like, I ain't scared of Moses. And so they come up. You know how them people, I ain't scared of nobody. All this here, you know that? You know that. If you don't know it, it's because you didn't want to do it. They did all that. And then Moses, you know, Moses looked at him and said, Moses, look, I'm almost through. Moses, Moses is like, what's up? <laughs> 
Long story short, the Lord got so upset that he opened the earth. And, and God was so excited about what he did, he said, lest I do a new thing. <laughs> we shout about, yes, Lord, I do a new thing. You better be careful sometimes because for God, he was like, a new thing. I'm going to create a new way to, to judge them. He said, I'm going to open the earth. And then the Bible says that them, watch this, not just them, but all of their families and everybody connected to them. See, that's why you got to get away from disorderly people because it's costing you more than you know. The Lord opened up the earth. He consumed them all and tens of thousands died in one day. And the Lord <laughs> said, do y'all have something to say? I can't hear you because you're in hell. Say again. Speak up. <laughs> Turn the TV down, Michael. I can't hear. What did you say? <laughs> then you know what? The people got so crazy. They were so out of order because Korah, Dathan, and Abiram sowed seeds of division. So then the people then broke their allegiance to their leader and had allegiance to little cliques. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Better say amen for the spirit of the word of knowledge comes. Just stand you up. Look at him, almost through. So the next day the people complain, say, Moses, you killed these people. How could you do this, Moses? Why did you give them some grace? And Moses, I think he was still on his fast. <laughs> give them some grace. Moses said, I didn't spend years of my life wasted trying to kowtow to y'all and please you and, and, and appease your feelings. Moses said, I ain't studying you. Long and short is, they go on, and the Lord says, I'm coming back, guys, part two. It was like Friday the 13th, part two. The Lord came back down, and he said, I tell you what, I'm going to kill them all. Now, I know that sounds really radical to say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Uh, but, but, but he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, just so we're clear. The Lord is a lover, but he's also a defender of his order. Amen. So you know what the Lord did? You know what the Lord did? The Lord said, uh, the plague is going to break out. The plague. Now, what's crazy about the plague is, is it was a sickness that caused instantaneous death. It's like, you know, whatever the worst thing we have on earth times like a million. Because as soon as somebody infected touched you, you died. That's what disorder does to you. As soon as you let somebody disorderly touch you. Now, I don't just mean that literally. Don't be like, wait a minute. Are you in order? Did you pray this morning? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you know somebody's out of order and they're div divisive and all those kind of things, you just say, no, 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 no. Back up for me. You want to go to lunch? Nope. I already ate. You sure? I'll pay. That's fine. If you want to give me the money, you can give me the money, but I ain't going with you. Now, I'll take your money, though. Bishop, why money's not good or evil, it depends on the holder, the one who holds the money to determine what money is. Money is neutral. Money's not good or bad. It's the love of money that, 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 the, that the sin is. Money's good. Bishop, why? Because you can help people with money. You can change lives with money. You can... You can feed people with money. You can, you, can, you can clothe people with money. You can buy people homes with money. You can get homeless people off the streets with money. 
So the plague broke out, and thousands of them died. And then Aaron, 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 Aaron comes out, and Aaron runs out, and he gets ascension, and the plague stops. But, but they remembered that day. They marked that day because that was the day where the Lord said, I'm not taking this no more, so say something else. Say something else. Say something else. Now, some of you said, Bishop, well, that couldn't happen today. The Lord wouldn't open the earth today unless we lived in Southern California. The Lord couldn't open the earth. You don't understand, you don't understand the Bible. You read it in, you read it out. What is ground, ground, topography? And in, in, in Hebrew and Greek, we get a word uh, very similar to that, which means the, watch this, condition of your life. Which, which means God says, what I'll do when you choose to operate in disorder is I'll just pull the rug from up under you. To where you can never get a firm footing. Okay, y'all, y'all don't like what I got to say? So somebody shout, thank God I'm in order. All right, last thing, last thing, and we're going to shout this one through. You ready? Definition, prevailing course or arrangement of things in established system or regime. Layman's terms, change the old order. Means a changing of regime. Okay? You've heard people sometimes say like a changing of the guard, changing of the order. The order is changing. Okay? Now, listen to this very simple thing. You'll never get your order until you're in order. Listen, what do you mean? Could you imagine going to McDonald's and just sitting there looking at the person? Let's back it up because now you don't go talk to the person first. Y'all remember when you used to do that? Okay, I guess not. Okay. So you talk, you talk, to, the, you talk to the box, right? You took, don't act like you don't know McDonald's because you own the fan. Okay, don't <laughs> Bishop, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Some of y'all know you was in there trying to get them fries because you said, well, it's a potato. (laughs) And if I don't get no salt on, I mean, you know. (laughs) You talk to the box, right? Now, could you imagine pulling up your car and looking at the box? And just looking at it. What is going on? When are they going to bring my food? You haven't placed an order that counts because you didn't follow the order. So some of y'all are waiting on God, and God is saying, what you waiting on? We ain't even got no order in the system. But touch your neighbor and say, after this word, my orders shall come to pass because I shall walk in order. Here it is. Here it is. Last thing, last thing, last thing. Y'all all right? I went a little over tonight. Is that all right? To have the order of God, you must replace the old order, arrangement, or established system of your life. Christianity is not where we, you know, just come to God and, you know, we do the same stuff we used to do, but we just now we come to church. That's not Christianity. Now, that may be where you're at in your walk, and praise God for that. Praise God for that. Okay? Got to make baby steps. Got it? Okay? Don't try to be super saint. Give your life to Jesus on Sunday and tell my bishop, I, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting when people come to me with, you know, different things. You don't have to be super Christian. Okay? You don't have to be super saint. You just take your steps. Got it? But here's the deal. You have to change the old system or order of your life. Got it? So, so let me give you an example of that. Let me give you an example of that. If the old system of you is that you shoot first, ask questions later, can we be honest? Because we have all done that. 
Some of you have degrees in it. We're going to have a commencement for you because you have your Ph.D. and not knowing nothing and acting like you do. You know, shooting first and asking questions later, assuming before you actually know. And young people, listen to me. This happens a lot, especially when you're you're getting into the high school years and stuff like that. This happens a lot. You know why this happens? It happens because people that ain't about nothing don't have nothing to fight about. So they make something to fight about. People that ain't going nowhere, they have to make up something to fight about. When you're busy handling your business, you have no time to fight about nothing stupid. (laughs) Touch your neighbor and say, I'm handling business. It's, it's funny because when people call me, when people call me, I normally, and they say, what you doing? Bishop, what you doing, Bishop? Bishop, what you doing? I normally have two responses. The first is, I'm serving the Lord with gladness. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Or oh, the second thing I say is, I'm handling business. Now, a person could call me, a pastor friend or whatever. Somebody could call me at 12, 12 midnight. They call me at 1130. They call me at, well, 7 in the morning. I ain't answering, but they call. And, <laughs> no, because heaven ain't open at that time. So, <laughs> so I just get up when the Lord is doing business, you understand. I'm joking. Watch this. Watch this. And I'll say, oh, Bishop, what you doing? Handling business? You'll be like, it's 1030, Bishop. I'm handling business. <laughs> or serving the Lord with gladness. One of the two. But, but what's the point I'm trying to make? When you're about your business, you don't have time for stupid stuff. Imagine if you took all the energy you put into the drama of your life and put it into handling the business of your life. Imagine if you took one of them hours you spent on the phone gossiping and spent one of those hours working on your body. Oh, y'all ain't got nothing to say. Imagine if you spent one of those off, uh, hours working on your business. Imagine if you spent one of those hours working on your family. Imagine. Okay. All right. Y'all didn't like that, huh? We have to change the old order of our lives. This is why. Because the old order got you to where you were, which means it's insufficient for where you want to go. Because it's only good enough to get you where you got. You understand that? What did I start with? Your life is perfectly designed to get you the results you're getting. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what I want you to do. Y'all ready? Get the, watch this, Gehenna out of your life. Somebody said, Bishop, what is Gehenna? I don't have no friends named Gehenna. (laughs) Gehenna is the Hebrew word for hell which literally translates into hot trash. Outside of the city, there was, there was a trash heap, and they called that place Gehenna, hell. So, so when, when they were angry at somebody and they would say, go to hell, they were saying, go to the trash heap. Because you're hot trash. Let, let me translate into modern vernacular. Hot mess. Y'all knew that one, didn't you? Y'all knew that one. L- listen, get the hell out of your life. Get the hot trash out of your life. Just get it out of your life. Just get it out of your life. Now, trash comes in three forms, and we're done. Has this been good to anybody tonight? Because remember, order is going to get you some suddenly. What if, what if, what if you made a decision tonight to say, you know what, God, I'm not perfect, and I'm not trying to be perfect, Lord. I just need your grace, Lord. I need your mercy. But, Lord, I'm making some decisions to get some order in my life and get the hell out of my life and get to get. See, that's what you need to do. You need to get the hell out of your life. Amen. <laughs> see, you, you need to get out, out the way. Now, now, watch this. Imagine, watch this. Imagine if you made a decision tonight, a decision, and God knew you for real in your decision. And in him being convinced of the sincerity of your decision, 
He then made a decision to release what it is that you've been waiting on him to release. Sometimes when God knows that you're serious in here, he doesn't wait until it physically manifests. He says, they for real this time, let it go. And I want to be clear. I want to be crystal clear about this. I am not saying that you get in order to get God's love. I am not saying that, nor have I said that. Do not interpret what I'm saying to do that. We're not getting in order so we can earn God's love. God's love is free, but greatness has a fee. Pay up. God's love is free, but favor has a fee. Pay up. He's going to love you no matter what you do. He's going to love you no matter what you do. But that doesn't mean he can trust you. People always say, trust the Lord, trust the Lord, trust the Lord. Y'all remember they used to say, just put your hand in the Lord's hand. Just put it in the Lord's hand, all that. And I used, that used to aggravate me. I think that's why the Lord called me to be a pastor. Because stuff like that would aggravate me. I'm like, what does that mean? Just put it in the Lord's hand. How do I do that? Turn it over to Jesus. <laughs> Won't he work it out? Okay. So shall I write the Lord a note to give it to him? Uh-huh. How do we do this transaction? I'm being funny. Trash comes in three ways. There's three kinds of trash you got in your life. You ready? People, thoughts, and words. People, thoughts, and words. And you say, Bishop, don't say people are trash. Everybody's precious to God. Yeah, they're precious to God. But have you ever heard the saying, one man's trash? So they could just be trash to you. Got what I'm saying? We're not calling people trash. And we're not saying throw people off. We're not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that hot trash, hell, comes in your life. It's one in three forms. People, thoughts, and words. What are you thinking? I'm through. What are you thinking that's full of hot trash? I'll never succeed. Who told you that? Nothing I do ever works. Who told you that? I seem to always make a mistake. Every time I take one step forward, I take two steps back. Who told you that? Nothing ever works for me. Who told you that? This ain't never going to work out. Why even try, Bishop? It don't work. Who told you that? And that's stupid, by the way. (laughs) That's a stupid ideology. Anybody have a car where it didn't start the first time? But about that second or third crank? Oh, I know we're in high sedity falutin Denver. I know you all speak to your car from in your house and it turns on. But has anybody ever had a situation in life where, where you turned it one time and then you had to pray in the Holy Ghost? He's like, thank God, I just got filled with the Holy Ghost. I just speak another thing. Unknown oh, Shake out of the Lord. Help me in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you. So you do an Indian chant. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. And if you've ever had that and you don't have that problem anymore, you're so grateful for not having that problem. What are you saying that's hot trash? What are you saying that's trash? What are you saying that's trash? What are you saying? What are you saying that's full of trash? You had a series of a little while ago, toxic. And what people in your life are just trash? I mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. It doesn't mean any of that. It's just when they are in your life, they are hot trash. Now, I just heard somebody say something else. <laughs> Lord, touch. 
Say, I make a decision. <laughs> Y'all didn't hear that? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Say, I make a decision to get the hot trash out of my life. Stand on your feet, everybody. Father, we love you. We are people of order. And I speak it into the life of everybody hearing this word, everybody at this campus, everybody listening to this CD or DVD or however they're seeing this word. I speak it into the life of those on the internet campus. I speak order. Order all in your life. Order in your finances. Order in your relationships. Order in your marriage. Order with your children. Order on your job. I speak order in your life. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, that name that's above every name, that name that's greater than sickness, that name that's greater than disease, that name that's greater than every problem. Somebody shout that name, Jesus. I want to do something. I want to do two things very quickly. Give me, give me, give me, give me uh, a minute and a half. I want to do things very quickly. I want music because on, at the Ghost Experience, um, they're always singing normally when I'm laying hands, and so I didn't get the opportunity to pray for them. I want to pray for them tonight. So will y'all agree like it's a weekend uh, experience, like we've been in Ghost? Will y'all agree so that they can get what they need from the Lord too? Amen. <laughs> Music, would you come very quickly? Would you come very quickly? Just come to this altar very quickly. Just come to this altar. Come to the altar. No, down here, y'all. Come down here. Hallelujah. Now, I just want everybody to lift your hands in this place. And I just want you to begin to pray. If you have the gift of tongues, I want you to begin to use that gift. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I just want to pray for them tonight. Hallelujah. Just would you pray for them? Come on, come on, pray for them. Let me hear your harvest. I need to hear you praying for them. That they'd be able to lead us into worship in an even greater way. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.